hour two of the Blitz starting right now, live here on 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Andy, tell them, tell them about the other things while I go grab these headphones that I forgot to plug in when I got here late. What other things am I telling them about? I don't know, the video feed? Video feed's live. Um, I'm about to switch it on. You can see our smiling faces. you got Sam behind the, the board right there. He's got his nice little water bottle. Um, you can see me and Charlie's nice smiling faces. Charlie's got a nice suit on. Um, yeah. We're live on that and on the radio and all the other things. So, shout out. Just in time. Just in time. Let's go, Charlie. All right, well, uh, let's head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines to start. Hour two, take a phone call, talk to Matthew. Matthew? Hey, Charlie. Hey, good doing, morning. Boy? There you are. Happy uh, Happy all Thursday. Right. Happy Thursday. How are we? Uh, how's everybody feeling after Tuesday night's uh, love affair, I guess, if you will? I feel pretty good to go get a double-digit victory in a quadrant one game uh, without, you know, one of maybe your best player, uh, without another one of your starters, and, you know, with another one of your better players pretty banged up. I feel good about it. Sam, Andy? I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't have any complaints with, with where we're at right now. I think we're, I think we're looking pretty solid. Yeah, two starters out. That doesn't happen a lot. No. You went on the road. Pretty cool. If anything, I thought it was a really good testament to what's going to be next year. Because if you looked at, I mean, next year, if we don't, if you don't look at it this way, I mean, it's just I'm always looking ahead. I mean, next year you're going to have. I believe Olivier comes back. Correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie. But Sakai Igor and Olivier will be your Josiah James and Santiago Vescovi senior leaders next year. So. I thought they played really – it was nice to finally see them step up, see guys like Zakai finally hit some shots from outside the arc. Um, I really want to talk about this idea. Why do you think it's been so hard to get a point guard with how successful Coach Barnes has been with point guards? What do you mean? I mean, I don't know. I feel well, like you have had a point guard this whole time pretty much. Uh, agree to disagree. I just Tyreek Key is, is is a two, playing the one for us off the bench, or actually no, I'm sorry, he starts. And Zakai Zigor is a great kid, but he's not an SEC starting caliber point guard. And I know that you'll disagree with that, Charlie. But there's a lot of great guards in the portal, and it felt kind of like the whole off season. Yuri Collins fell through. Tyrese Hunter fell through. Um, Brandon Murray that went to LSU from to Georgetown fell through, and it just kind of was. An interesting aspect because Coach Barnes has been so successful with so many great point guards, and I don't know if that's a testament to maybe how the staff looks at it when it comes to Justin Ganey and Rod Clark. I don't know, but I think, you know, I really enjoy seeing Zakai Ziegler out there and people that were saying he shouldn't be getting that many minutes. No, I mean, he he probably, with how this past offseason went, he's probably going to be next year's starting point guard for Tennessee. And so he needs those type of games where he goes out and plays as long as he can. Um, I don't think I don't think that's a knock at him. But Charlie, my question is: I guess let me let me tether. Are you confident in this assistant staff to be able to go out there and recruit? 
because we got some great kids coming in. You got Cade Phillips coming in next year. You got Freddie DeLeon already on campus. But I, I will say it feels like there has been a lack of a lack of development when it comes to the point guard position. I mean, I, I well, first of all, at, when it comes to the portal, Yuri Collins was going to be a Tennessee volunteer until you know uh, some external factors within Knoxville messed that up and some people got a little bit too quick to try to jump on a story and report some things before they should have and and that's why Yuri Collins is not a Tennessee Vol. Um, Brandon Murray, uh, you know, there were just other connections at Georgetown that brought him there. Uh, Maybe he's regretting it. Tyrese Hunter, uh, I mean, yeah, Tennessee offered him a great pitch. Hey, so did Texas and I think you know, he just wanted to stay. I think, I believe that was closer to home for him. You know, it is what it is, but I don't think that Tennessee has a problem acquiring point guards at all. Obviously, you know, it's it's tough this year when you maybe don't have the depth that you would like to have, you know, when maybe when B.J. Edwards hasn't developed as quickly as you'd hoped. But, I mean, you you look at – at rec- I'm not worried about recruiting either. I mean, you, you've consistently had top five, top ten classes. Uh, you've, you know, consistently been able to get talent in the transfer portal uh, at the point guard position. I mean, Zakai Ziegler – is absolutely an SEC quality point guard. Not just that, he's one of the better point guards in the SEC. The notion that he's not, I think, is is honestly kind of ridiculous. Um, well, what is like the notion built on that he that he wouldn't be? Is just because it's like he's I think turns the ball I mean, over. I think, I think height, coming like, into the season, like I didn't think he was an SEC starting point guard. I thought he was just the SEC's best six man. And I, you know, I thought that it was just some efficiency issues that he had, some turnover issues, but. I don't know how you look at like what he's been doing lately and, and, and still say that because he has proven now that he is uh, not just an SEC point guard but one of the better point guards. I mean, you look at his last couple games. I get it. That Mississippi State game was bad, but he was also playing without two starters, without you know really any other great primary ball handlers because of some lineup situations, and, and, and that was a, you know, a tough situation for him to be in with his smaller stature playing against – one of the best rim defenses in the SEC without any other shooters on the floor. Like, that's a recipe to fail. But he was still able to drop 24 points and have four assists. You look back at the four games prior, seven assists to two turnovers, nine assists to three turnovers, eight assists to two turnovers, four I mean, ten assists to two turnovers. Like, I don't know what – if that's not a, a, an SEC point guard, then I don't know what is. And, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he had a bad been game. an issue either because you had Kennedy Chandler, you had – Jordan Bone, you had, you know, Lamonte Turner, you had, uh, like, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, like those guys. You've had good point guards. Yeah, and, yeah, I think that, that's what I was going to say as well. It's like you, you've recruited the position very well. I mean, Kennedy Chandler was, was the best point guard in the nation in that recruiting class. Uh, right. Jaden Springer, also one of the best point guards in that recruiting class. I think the only knock on that is you didn't get a full off season of getting him ready because of the COVID year. Like the fact that he just wasn't already ready to go. I feel like that puts like a, a different perspective on, on how Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson ended up that year just because you weren't really truly able to get them developed to the college game as quick. And that's why they came off the bench at first. And it just felt like a weird year for sure. But yeah. and the fact that you were able to develop Jordan bone into the caliber of point guard that he was, I don't think that, Coach Barnes and, and I know it's a different assistant coaching staff than than when Jordan Bone was there, but 
I, I just don't see any way where you, you feel like that that's a negative of, of the team. Like, and I, I think you're seeing the development with Sakai, too. And when, as you see those assist numbers increase, as he gets more yeah. comfortable in that point guard role that he's, you know, being forced into even more so. Matthew, what kind of leads you to say that, like, Zakai isn't an SEC-level point guard? I think you just you have to look at it from, and I'm going to quote my boy Chris Ballard here, but it's his physical traits. I think he's a great point guard, no doubt of, of that, but his game is much more different than a, than a normal. I mean, Kennedy Chandler was six, what, six two, six three. I think he was six feet tall, right? Like I think wasn't his, that his biggest knock was his height, probably. He's six one. Yeah, and that's, six one. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. well, my driver's license says I'm six one, but we all know I'm six feet. Um, <laughs> The I think the easy answer I really like to knock him is his height, which I get is probably not his fault. But I think Zakai's issue is his ability right now is can he separate himself with that off off ball movement? And what I mean by that, Charlie, is his ability. If you look at it, he cut it down. He cut it down to only two turnovers. But his, I would love to look at his turnover to assist ratio, and he leads the team in assists. I think for him to take that next step cut down on the, on the turnovers. I think that would be something that I would look at. But I would say, okay, can he cut that down? Because I think next year, you're right, Charlie, he will be a starting SEC point guard. I think right now I'm still in that bucket where I think he's a sixth man coming off the bench for us, and he hasn't really earned that starting role yet. Um, I think he is a great player. Like, Charlie, I don't want you to think I don't like Zakai Ziegler. I like Zakai Ziegler. I think he's a spark plug. I think he is someone that you are going to need to make that run. You're going to need guys like him to make some shots to take pressure off of Olivier, Santiago, Josiah, those guys. But to answer your question of what doesn't make him, it's just his ability right now to defend. He is what he is. Like, he's a great defender, but he's also very, very much, I'd say he's just not an SEC defender right now. And he's a great kid, but he's just not there yet. But that's just my two cents. I really called in to just wrap this up, but Andy, I missed it in the set in the first hour. But who were your four top four SEC teams right now? Uh, my top four teams: I said Alabama's at one. I put Tennessee at two. I'm putting Auburn at three. Um, I when I did this, I forgot about Arkansas because I, I. But I just I, it's hard. I have Kentucky at four, and then at five, I think I was going to say Texas A and M. So. I know y'all gotta go go to break, but for me, I don't hang up on this. Is it probably the Alabama at one, Tennessee at two? I'm actually gonna have Texas A&M at three, just because I think they're vastly underrated. Uh, and then four, I'm gonna probably go Auburn. Um, Auburn's very talented as well, but um, anytime they have Bruce Pearl there, they're gonna be there. And then actually, I have Kentucky at five. But uh, hey, guys, I'll let y'all wrap up the show and wrap up this uh, segment. But just want to say, you know, love what y'all do, and as always, go Vols. Yes, sir. Go Vols. Appreciate you. I kind of want to wrap up this Zakai Ziegler conversation. And, you know, Matthew, you're just the one that kind of called and, and, and brought it up. But, I like, I don't take this as, like, me speaking directly to you or, like, you know, trying to, to, to say that, hey, you're wrong or anything. But I, I think that there's – Far too much uh, from some of our fans, some of our media, like far too much like criticism there for Zakai Ziegler. And I think that people, 
uh, we're, we're, you know, we're quick to jump on him in that first half and talk about, oh, here's the turnovers. Oh, we, you know, we get the turnovers. Oh, you know, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. I mean, he is one of the, the SEC's best defenders on ball, firstly. Uh, second, he does do a pretty good job away from the ball. Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country away from the ball. Uh, they run more screens away from the ball They than, than all but one team in the country. They get more open catch-and-shoot jump shots than I think like 96% of the teams in the country. That's a pretty clear indicator that Tennessee is moving away from the ball pretty well. <clears throat> As for the turnovers, the Kai Ziegler's had 11 games with less than three turnovers. He's had two, two with more than three turnovers. I'd say he's doing a pretty good job this year cleaning up the turnovers. Okay, so he had he had one five turnover game against Mississippi State in, in a pretty crummy situation. It's fine. He still bounced back and gave you an excellent second half to carry you really to victory, or at least help carry you to victory. Um, and then you know at least when you talk about turnovers, you also got to think about what he does on the other end in, in terms of steals. There are plenty of games where he has more steals than turnovers, like that he is earning you more possessions than he's giving away. Um, Zakai Ziegler is only going to get better, and I think by the time, really, he's a senior, he could maybe be the best point guard in, in the SEC if, if he continues to develop because I think he's an incredibly hard worker. I think he understands the game of basketball really well, and, and him and Rick Barnes have a very good connection when it comes to his development. Um we need to find something else to pick on other than Sakai Ziegler. Yeah, no, he's a a great defender, great guard in my. I mean, he just had twenty four points, twenty four points, without two starters. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know if if he's not an SEC point guard, then who is? I uh, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> like who is? And you know, Matthew's not the only one that said that. Like uh, Billy Stats was saying that on Twitter the other day. Like there are other people that have been saying that. You know, so again, I'm not singling you out or anything, but it's just, I mean, like, who are the other point guards in the SEC that you would take over them? Right? Uh, yeah, like, and, and I feel like it's just what it, it, it's a lot about the height and, and the ability to is, to get to the rim. Is that it? Because he's he's passing the ball well, he's shooting the ball well. Yeah, I mean, he's I, well, a great I think defender. I think last year I would agree with some of these sentiments that he uh, it was easy to kind of speed too him up reckless. Sometimes, yeah, that he would get places without really having a plan and then he would find himself buried too deep and he's given the length of the SEC versus his height you know he would get himself in some pretty difficult situations I also thought that just in terms of his shot making ability that he wasn't really efficient enough but I think he's cleaning both of those things up and I think we're, we're really kind of seeing him kick it into a second gear here in January with his development and with his progression uh, so I'm excited about Sakai Ziegler I'm excited about where he's at and, uh, hey, we'll catch a break. We'll talk playoff quarterbacks on the other side. I'll tell you what. We may have Minute Work Wednesdays. We may have Third Eye Blind Thursdays, Van Morrison Mondays, Marshall Tucker Band Tuesdays, but every day. Is Doja Cat Day <laughs> here on the Blitz every single day? Every single day, mm. Queen Cat, Queen Cat, Queen Cat. Shout out! <laughs> oh man! So uh, the NFL playoffs this weekend. Andy, you are you're heading to New York tomorrow. You won't be here. Yeah, I am. 
That's sad. New York City. Back-to-back weeks. So you're, you're, you're missing the Friday playoff <laughs> talk. I know. Isn't that crazy? I'll, have to get in a, I, I'll, get a, I'll get my sentiments in now if we want to. You let me ramble, and y'all don't have to say a word until tomorrow. I mean, I'd actually sign up for that. I'm kind of sleepy. Yeah. I can ramble. You can ramble for for the next. Yeah, I can ramble. I'm very excited for these playoff games. I'll tell you what. I was actually, though, I'll let you ramble in in, in the next segment. But I actually, I did want to ask you guys. I I want you to rank number list. I want you to list the the. Eight starting quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs from one to eight, one being the quarterback with the most pressure on him to go win a football game this weekend, or at least, you know, perform well. Mm. Just the most pressure. And eight, obviously, being. I've got the perfect the list already. Least, you know, the quarterback with the least pressure. I've already got the perfect list. You have the perfect list? Yep. I have mine, too. You want to start at eight and see how much we agree? Oh, I was thinking more at the top, but yes. Okay, yes. Let's do that. Uh, Daniel Jones at eight. Uh, okay. I have Brock Purdy at eight. I have Brock Purdy at seven. Do you I, have have I have Daniel. Jo- I have Daniel Jones at seven. You have what? I have Trevor Lawrence at eight. Okay, fair. Wow. I have Trevor Lawrence at six. I have Trevor Lawrence at five. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I guess I'll explain first. Daniel Jones. Uh, I think Brock Purdy has a little bit more pressure on him just because Daniel Jones has done everything he needs to do and more. There's, I think, literally zero pressure fair. on him playing as a road underdog against the team that had the best record in football fair um for brock purdy i think there's still at least a little bit of pressure you're the, you're the favorite because you're the favorite you're the I home get that. team but and also I, I think for him probably there's a little bit of personal pressure where he's thinking you know if i all of a sudden look really bad in this playoff game and we lose or am yeah. i still going to be able to be like but still around next year he's a rookie who is the last pick in the draft everything he does now is just like oh my goodness what like this is incredible yeah, i still just think there's probably a little bit of like him wanting to make sure that he can be yes but he still has year. that shock value of like any touchdown he throws people are gonna be like oh brock purdy mr relevant like he has got no pressure out there he's got no pressure BCB. Whatever he does, they're like, you weren't supposed to be here. We didn't have this much confidence in you, and here you are. Look at you. Okay, so, I mean, yeah. I think we're all kind Both of on ways. the same page, yeah. though. Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy at the bottom. I think Trevor Lawrence, you have him at the bottom, Sam. Yeah, what does he have to lose? He's playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They, yeah, he's they, got nothing. Miracle, I agree. A miracle win last week kind of thing. Like You're playing on house well. money now. Yeah, You're playing playing. On, you weren't supposed right. to be here. Here yeah. you are. You're do playing you have, the Chiefs. Do you have, you do you have Purdy and Jones at like seven and six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have Purdy at seven. If you lose Jones to Pat Mahomes, seven. what's the deal? What's the big deal? So I actually have Patrick Mahomes at six. I just don't think okay, there's yeah, no. ever really any pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Pat Mahomes is five for me. Yeah, he's got no just pressure. Patrick Mahomes. The only pressure yeah. is that you lose to the Jaguars. That's embarrassing. Right. That's the pressure. But for I me. think yeah. the, there's that's still the, I, that's I the also more think pressure he like has than Trevor Lawrence. Pressure. I think. See, I think the pressure that Trevor Lawrence has is like. No, Damn, if bro, he loses I threw four picks last week, I can't. I get do that. that. Okay, again. fair enough. But if he loses this game, it's like, oh, you lost to Patrick Mahomes. Not a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's you still that's made an incredible game. run. Pat Mahomes loses to the Jags. Like you lost to the Jags. People like if you if the Jags lose to the Chiefs by like twenty, no nobody, one's gonna shred Trevor gonna Lawrence. Nobody unless he throws eight interceptions. And even then, if there's a good football game in the Giants Eagles game that night, people will probably still forget about Trevor Lawrence throwing six picks. I think. I just think that like it's a forgettable game. Everyone is looking past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. Next but, four, are interesting. but yeah, I do have Purdy and, and Daniel Jones. I, I agree. I think the next four is where it gets interesting. Like I think there's a clear separation 
Like those bottom four all have like some pressure, but not really much. I think when you get into this top four, you, you have some guys that really a lot, of have a lot of pressure on them this week. So at four, I have Joe Burrow. I still think he has the least pressure of those four because he's still he made a Super Bowl last Joe year. Joe Cool, and he made the Super Bowl <laughs> last year, and he's going to be on the road. And you know, if you lose this game, you can always just say, "Well, we got screwed." You know, we we should have been playing for a coin. We're on you know, the we road, have a coin flip to be at home too. Still and, a lot of promise. You know, I don't have my left tackle, and 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 we went I don't to the Super Bowl last year. We we and, still made it far this year. Yeah, right. I, I got him at fourth too. But at the same time, Five. when when you come out and you say things like. My Super Bowl window is my entire career, and when you are Joe Burrow, there's always going to be a certain pressure on you to perform. Yeah, and to you know try to at least get the conference yeah. championship. I mean, if you lose this game and you don't look good, people are going to be like, "Well, that was a very underwhelming." Yeah, what a, you were what supposed to go board. back to the Super Bowl, and then right? I think people are going to start to look a little bit harder at the Super Bowl run and be like, "Oh, well, Evan McPherson had a lot to do with that. The defense and some weird timely turnovers had a lot to do with that." Hey, wait, they were kind of lucky to even beat the Ravens. So I think there is some of that, but I'd say even really, you know, he talked about the separation from one through four and five through eight. I think really even separation might be one through three and and, and four through eight. Because you said you also have Joe Burrow at three, Sam? I mean at four? We just said five. We just said three different numbers there, guys. You have Joe Burrow at four, right? Five. Who do you have at f- f- five then? We just, said, we just did eight, seven, six, did we not? No. Eight, seven, six, and five. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones. Oh, I forgot about Mahomes there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we yeah. all got him at Use four. Use your brain, yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, four. Come he, on. He, he. Mm-hmm. Forgot we talked about Mahomes there. It's okay. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. I'll put Burrow at four there, too. I, I agree. All right, so Andy, who do you have at three? Quarterback I, with the third most pressure on him. I got Dak Prescott at three. Um, only reason he's not higher is because he just had a really good game. Already won a playoff game this year. Great for him. He's the underdog in this game. So I think if he – clearly the pressure's on because he's – He's had moments this year where he's been not good. Like, he throws interceptions. If he goes out there and, and loses this game for the Cowboys, then, yeah, that's that's not good for him. He's the oldest quarterback on this list, by the way. He's 29, oldest quarterback on this list. So um, there's pressure in that, you know, like your window's running out to make a Super Bowl. You, you need to make a good run. You have a good chance here. Here you are. Let's go out and win. You're on the road. But the fact is he was the player of the game for the Cowboys, last week he's he's proved himself in that nature that he's capable of doing this so i guess if you are underwhelming this next week then there you're gonna get a lot of criticism but also i don't see him having that big of a drop off in between weeks i think he still has shown that he has played good in these playoffs and i think if he gives a a good fight in this game even if he loses i don't think he's gonna get criticized slammed good 49ers team right but going up against brock purdy a young quarterback you should be the better-looking quarterback here, so there certainly is pressure in that, and there's always pressure when the Cowboys are in the playoffs, so I've got Dak at three for sure. I could have put him at two. Could have put him at one. Who are your, your two and one then? Uh, number two, I have Jalen Hurts. He's never won a playoff game. You're sitting on a bye. You haven't played in some odd weeks. You were a front-runner for the MVP at one point. Uh, the Eagles are a ruthless fan base. They expect a lot. Um, you were the best team in football for you had the best record in football for a lot of years, but now all of a sudden it, people are questioning that you are playing an in division team, the Giants. The right now one of the Cinderellas of the NFL season at the moment. You could throw the Jags in there, but they were a four seed, so maybe not. Who they already beat twice in the regular season? Yep, too. you've already beaten twice. The Giants are looking really good. They're playing good, and if you're the Eagles, you're saying. Well, we haven't had Jalen Hurts back for over a month now. We just had to sit around for two weeks. 
there's something to be said about not playing that game a week before and then the opponent you're about to play just played one of their best games of the season. There's there's something out about that that is really stressful if you're a fan of that team that got that first round by. It, it feels like a disadvantage in a lot of ways, even though you've got plenty of time to rest now. You should be healthy. You should win this game, right? You had the first round by, but Jalen Hurts does not want a playoff game. We have yet to see if he can win in the postseason. Um, this is kind of his moment to say the Eagles and me are here to stay. We we are one of the Super Bowl favorites, and we're going to show that. So there's a lot of pressure on him to win this week, especially because you're playing an in-division Giants team. You don't want to lose to them in, the, in, in your first playoff game. So I think, Sam, uh, are you same order? And then Josh Allen. Uh, I've yeah. got I've got Dak at my three. I have Hurts at my one actually, and Josh mm-hmm. Allen at my two. All right, so I think that I think that Josh Allen is clearly the quarterback with the most pressure. I don't I don't think it's all that close. Like to me, if you're Josh Allen, I, I, you're at home. You're a favorite. You got the Bengals in town. You got another young quarterback in town. You know you're you you're, you've been the Super Bowl favorites all year. You've been the MVP favorite to start the season. You were, uh, you know, one of the teams considered a Super Bowl favorite a year ago. Uh, and and for all the talk about Josh Allen, for all the fun that he is, and all the fun he has, and the throws he makes, and the runs, and everything else, if you lose again on Sunday, or I guess it's on Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. If you lose again on Sunday, you're just the same quarterback that's never made a Super Bowl, that's, you know, lost playoff games and has a turnover problem. Like, that's the, – the, uh, you have to get to a Super Bowl this year if you're Josh Allen, and that's obviously a lot easier said than done because the Bengals and Chiefs, also very good. But Trevor Lawrence. Like, time's running out for Josh Allen. I mean, time's not actually running out because he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL for over a decade, but, like, it, it feels like, like – you know the clock keeps ticking, and in the, the the you know the more that I don't know if the clock keeps ticking. Keep I think it's just like the expectations like, are so high right. now. Like the they expectations are Super higher. Bowl or bust. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if you don't do that, then like you're just going to become that. You're going to become that overrated guy, and you don't want to be that. You were that underrated guy for so long, and now you're starting to be like you are very now overrated if you don't win. Like you, you that's you've got to live you up for, to that. For coming in there, Andy. That's what I was. I think trying to get at. Like time's ticking in the sense of like. You were very close to making that transition from like fun, scrappy, Bills up and team, up and coming, up and coming Josh Allen to overrated Josh. To Allen. Can yes. this guy lead you to a Super Bowl? Yeah, yes. like that that happens quickly and overnight. It's like a rapid thing. All of a sudden, you go from up and coming to hasn't made it yet, and why hasn't he? Yeah, and I think that whether that's fair or not, because it's probably not fair. I mean, Josh Allen last year, AFC Championship game lost to uh, the other best quarterback in the NFL, you know, the year before. Uh, how did that end? They lose to the – was it the Browns that beat them? What? what? The Bills last year? No, two years ago. Oh, uh, the Ravens, right? No, they beat the, the Ravens. They beat the Ravens. They lose to the – either way, like – yeah, he's the... Whether it's fair or not, he's close to becoming, like, the guy that – I don't know. Is he ever going to be able to get it done? Kind of guy, and and I think there's a ton of pressure. And, and no, they lost. Be, they lost to the not uh, becoming that guy. The Chiefs in the conference championship game. Remember, Diggs was like standing on the field and like back to back years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Stephon Diggs was like looking on and watching them celebrate. Right. I mean, if if you then take a step back and it's like, man, now you didn't even like get to the Chiefs this year. 
yeah. that's tough. Uh, that's I mean, a step that's back, tough. yeah. And I, I know I said AFC Championship game last year. It felt like the AFC Championship game. It was game. this it week was not, last year. It was this week. Pardon me. But uh, I think that he's the guy with the most pressure. And I think that un- I think that Dak Prescott is like undisputedly the guy with the second most pressure on him. You think? Over uh, Jalen Hurts? I do. I mean, Jalen Hurts, yeah, you haven't won a playoff game. Like, yeah, you know, if – you're the one seed. You were almost like you were. You're the MVP playing against the favorite at one point this year. The underdogs, yeah, the, the severe seed, underdogs. Like, yeah, you have the underdogs coming to town, but I think in division underdogs, so many like so much good graces this season that it, it would True. be hard. I think like I know, but I mean, that'd be brutal like, yeah, if you same. do that and you don't want a playoff game. You know, like, like Dak did all that. that and not want a playoff game. Then all of a sudden, like you're okay. Wow, we did all of this this year only to be in the exact same spot as we were yeah. a year ago. Like that's a lot of pressure. But if you're Dak Prescott, I think it's infinitely more. Because we talked about we talked about last last week, right? Like potentially I mean, what what's the, the Cowboys would have major questions if they would have lost to the Bucks. Like, okay, you had another great year and you went and you lost a road game to a 45-year-old quarterback with a losing record. Yeah. What now? What where do you yeah. go? What do you do? I it's think those completely same different questions now. still pop up if you lose this week no. to a certain extent. Obviously not to the not 49ers. To the same extent, but to a certain extent. After what so Dak did in that last game, there's no question he's your quarterback. I mean, I still think it's just like, uh, where's the where does the Cowboys organization go from here if you lose this weekend? Like, okay, you, you have all these great pieces and you keep building great team after great team and you finally won a playoff game albeit against an under 500 like bad football team only to then the next week you know get beat again and get beat by Mr. Irrelevant on the road <laughs> and like is yeah. you know, is Dak ever going to be able to break through like can he be that guy or is he just good not great like I think all those questions arise uh, yeah but I feel like I mean, I mean unless Dak plays terrible I feel like the reason for the loss wouldn't be on like wouldn't be on Dak like it there would be a lot of other a lot of other factors, maybe. Like what what Dak showed is he's clearly extremely valuable. By the way, he played against the Bucks again. If he comes out there against the 49ers and looks terrible, then you have those questions. But the fact that Dak stepped up in that spot on Monday, I just didn't feel like any sense a reason why you would, you would lose this game on Sunday or like any any reason to be a problem. Um, but I get it. I just don't feel like if you lose to this 49ers team, who you think is going to win the NFC, right? Like the they're your favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, How should that be well, like I mean, the a, Giants are going to win the Super Bowl anyway. aside from the, our pick of the Giants. Um I still understand how that's now grounds for completely questioning your, your franchise. I get that you're not winning Super Bowls and you haven't been to the conference championship game, but you still got a lot of talent on the team. Um and I don't think there's there's going to be change even if you lose this game. I think Mike McCarthy stays. Everyone stays. You do whatever you can to make your your team better, obviously. But I don't see anything getting blown up if you lose to the 49ers. You hope it doesn't happen. You hope you beat the 49ers, and then you're good. And then, Sam, you said that you think Jalen Hurts. You had him at number one? I have Hurts at one, yeah. Yeah, Hurts definitely got more pressure, in my opinion, than Dak. Yeah, I just I just think, like Andy was hitting on it earlier, just saying with how well this this Eagles season has gone for him you you know you're 14 and 3 you've been the the MVP leader for a lot of the season you get your number one receiver in AJ Brown you have probably the most talented receiver duo I would say with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith in the league you got a good offensive line around you like your defense plays well I feel like it's just like and, and then 
you know, like I said, you're playing the Giants for the third time this year after you've beat them twice. I just, I think a lot of the, you know, people don't want to say like, oh, it's it's hard to beat a team three times. Like you can do it. I I think that with this Giants team, it's going to be very hard to do. And Hertz hasn't played in a long time. That injury may be more serious than what we think it is. I just think with the surging Giants team coming in and the Eagles being on that rest, I feel like it may be a little bit. It adds so much to it. Yeah, it's almost like. (laughs) If it was anyone but the Giants, like if it were like the Cowboys they were playing, the Dak would have so much more pressure than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but it's the Giants and they're the underdogs and you haven't played in a while. And you're the number one seed here. And it's just, there's a lot of pressure there. And it's not just like based on their legacy. Like Jalen Hurts' legacy is going to be fine no matter if he loses this game. Like he's going to yeah. be fine. People are still going to be like, you had a great year. Early in his career with I just think with just winning this game is like going to be a lot of pressure just because of the circumstances that have surrounded the Eagles in the last month and, and the Giants being your in-division rival and all of a sudden playing really good football. And now you haven't played football in, in two weeks. Jalen Hurts hasn't played football in so long. And now here you go. You're supposed to go win your first playoff game. Easier said than done, right? Like Home playoff I don't know. game, you're gonna have a ton of pressure from your fans. Like you said, it's a tough sports city. Like oh, they I don't expect, know. It's yeah, just, they they're gonna be expecting they expect a win. A lot. Saturday night football, prime time under the lights. See what happens. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I think it just. I'm excited for that game. Warm. That game's gonna be super That's fun. My, I'm looking forward to that game the most out of the yeah. Game. I think I am too. Excited from the Cowboys, but mm. Bengals Bills too. I think you can put those top three quarterbacks under the most pressure. Like, I think you can get those in. Yeah, you can wrap them all in there. I think you, you said you're most excited for the Cowboys 49ers. Well, that makes sense for you. Well, obviously. for me, yeah. You said you're most excited for that, too? For Giants-Eagles. Giants-Eagles, yes. Giants-Eagles is going to be electric. I was going to say, yeah. By, that, that's the game that by far, like, that's the one I have circled this week. <laughs> is, like, that's my, by far the most exciting game. I'll be on a plane. Dang. How sad is that? At least you get Fox on a plane, You need probably. to quit. You need to travel better, Andy. That was so excited when uh, the Cowboys were announced they were playing on Sunday. Uh, Sunday night, perfect timing. If it had been Saturday night, would have been really sad. You're just screaming. You need to start on prioritizing sports, run, run, sports run. over your life a little bit more. Come on, I'm what trying to drive I'm to New York. To. It's Take, flights don't, don't care about the NFL schedule. <laughs> they should. Flights don't should. care about playoffs. They Take don't. A quick break. We'll let Andy ramble on the other side. Make a little laughing, a little turn loving on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life. Tell you what, I'm watching the uh, just watching the trailer for the new screen. With the what? The new screen. Is that happening? Yeah, it's coming out. It's gonna be in New York. What's like the most anticipated movie of the uh, of the year? Is there any like ones that are about to be mass chaos that people want to go see? Like, you know how those Marvel ones, people went crazy? I don't know. Do people do that still? People, like, wait outside in big lines for movies? Shoot. Maybe. Like, go to premieres? Could you can uh, just, like, watch them the see. next day? <laughs> you got a Christopher Nolan movie coming out. You got that Barbie movie coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy Sick. 3. Dune Part 2. Oh, Dune. I still need to see Dune Part 1. Another John <laughs> Wick. <laughs> A, a little Willy behind. Wonka movie. Another John Wick. There's What's too many like John Wick movies, yeah, and they all are the same. One. They all are the same. Every like one I've seen, or like I've seen like one or two, and then I saw the trailer Indiana for this Jones. one, and they're all like they all fight in like some Asian city. It's really dark on a, a dark glass structure. <laughs> there's like samurais and like data, like computers everywhere. It's just yep. like what's going on? Yeah. 
2023 biggest I'm going to look up our biggest movies coming out this year, Andy. I want to hear your thoughts on the playoffs. Want to hear my thoughts on the playoffs? Maybe on the Cowboys 49ers, just Oof. whatever you want to talk about. I'm very excited. I know. I'm very excited for these playoff matchups. Um, Jaguars-Chiefs is like the perfect appetizer where you can just kind of mm-hmm. keep your eye on it and then <laughs> fade away into existence because I just don't think this is going to be a close game. Um Shout out though. Bills will be close. Well, I'm just starting with with game one here. Starting with game one here. I got you. I got you. Jaguars Chiefs first first good appetizer. Um, Shout out the Jags. They've made it. You know, hey people people say what like oh we were your Super Bowl. The Jaguars have already had two Super Bowls this year. Two (laughs) two night games where they've won their Super Bowl. They beat the Titans. And, man, did they come back and beat the Chargers. I'd say that they'd be happy with bowing out against the Chiefs. Of course they want to win. Josh Hobbs didn't fumble. Even if he even if he didn't fumble, he probably would have turned it over on the next play. That's what I'm going to start telling you. Um, would have been a putt. <laughs> and then so the Jags would have gone down and scored. Over. Zay Jones would have had a 75-yard touchdown. So, hey, Jaguars are still dancing somehow, so maybe they deserve to be there. Don't think so. Um, they're in for a Pat Mahomes sandwich. <laughs> on on uh, on Saturday. I will say though, hey, I remember that that game with the Chiefs played the uh the Texans and they were getting beat by like 24 like right off the bat. Maybe that'll happen, who knows, but the Chiefs are not losing this game. Um Pat Mahomes doesn't lose in the divisional round. It just doesn't happen. They tried to make it happen last year and he just it just didn't. Uh uh that's not going to happen. Giants and Eagles is the game I'm most excited for. Daniel Jones, what a beast. NFC East, man best division in football the the nfc is the nfc east versus the uh, 49ers they are completely surrounded the, the, the nfc east is now inevitable for the 49ers to get to the get to the super bowl they have to beat two nfc east teams which is hilarious to me <laughs> commanders have to be feeling bad that they were that close to joining the party it could have been them they could have been there too um but no um a battle of the nfc east in the playoffs is always hilariously fun uh, my prediction this is our first overtime game this is our first overtime game. Of the, oh, the, we're getting one this week. We, we have to get one. one. We will. Get we, one. we were cheated out of one last week. We have to get one this week. And my prediction, it's it's either Giants or Eagles or Cowboys Niners. I'm going Giants and Eagles on, on Saturday night. What a fun game this is going to be in Philly. Um, man, that place is going to be rocking. Their first playoff game of the year. I'm just so interested to see how Jalen Hurts looks. He is officially playing. Like, he's playing, yeah. right? Yeah, he's yeah, playing. Yeah. Um, Giants coming off what looked like one of their best offensive weeks of the season. So, fun, fun matchup. I'm Me as a, a Cowboys fan, I'm sitting there and just hoping for chaos, you know. I know one of these teams has to win and, have to, and, and will be a win away from the Super Bowl, and that pains me in a way. Um, so, I just want chaos. I want both these teams just to be put through an emotional roller coaster. Cowboys, Niners. Oh, wait, no, no, I forgot about Bill, ba- Bills, Bengals. Getting ahead of myself. Bills, Bengals. This feels like the exciting game on paper. For some reason, I just have that feeling it's going to be very underwhelming. Hmm. Right? It kind of has a... And I hate to say that because it's going to be a fun one to watch. I hope it's a fun one to watch. But it just feels like it has those vibes of like, this could be either the game of the year or extremely underwhelming. Like, one team's just going to dominate. And I don't know what team's going to dominate, honestly. Like, I, I can picture it being either way. I can picture Josh Allen being angry that he didn't play very well last week and just leaving no doubt i could see joe burrow just turning into joe burrow in the playoffs like he did last year just go crazy like i 
I really don't know what exactly to expect. I could see it going either way. Um, and then Saturday night, Sunday night, excuse me, Cowboys Niners. It's time to get revenge for what they did to me on Nickelodeon last year. <laughs> they made me watch Dak Prescott get slimed after he I'm gonna, slid I'm gonna send <laughs> in you, the game. I'm going to send you just random Young Sheldon videos throughout the night just to make you no. think back to that game. It was one of the worst nightmare experiences in my life, watching the Cowboys lose the 49ers last year on Nickelodeon, watching us have holding call after holding call, Dak Prescott sliding with... 14 seconds on the clock and not getting another playoff. Um, Who had the Nickelodeon game this year? Do we no, they didn't do one. They didn't, they didn't one. do yeah. one. They didn't do one. They did it on Christmas, and that was it. Um, so time to rewrite some history. Um, beautiful Santa Clara, California, on the road again. Cowboys are feeling dangerous. They got their first road win 30 years. Let's go Let's go get two in, in, in less than a week. Might as well. Um, Classic matchup, Cowboys 49ers. What can I say? They always, you know, they've always had good games in their history. They got to renew some playoff battle last year, and it was a really good game. Really good game that I think the Cowboys should have won. Cowboys going for revenge. Brock Purdy's going to be made uncomfortable in the pocket. Make him make him make plays, right? Make Brock Purdy make plays. He's got weapons for sure. Let's make Brock Purdy win this game. What game are we most likely to get? A viral stadium fight because I oh, feel like we have Giants Eagles Eagles because I feel like Giants Eagles is like the obvious answer but I feel like 49ers and Cowboys <laughs> almost any other week would that dome be is the that, strongest that to- candidate it's not a dome is it no, no. it's outside no the, the conditions in California are always too nice I don't know dude they like stab people in parts I will say like there are there. a lot of Cowboys fans in California. Yeah, just because that's where they do like I'm their. I'm thinking. I don't know. I think that's where they do you know their what? camp. Bold prediction for the weekend. I think we get multiple viral fight videos. One from Philly, one from San Fran. What about from Orchard Park? No, you don't think the Bills just, are fighting no, Bengals? They're just jumping. They're through. just drinking. They're and just like jumping. Catching themselves tables. on fire. Uh, uh, right, Andy? Underdog though, Jaguars Chiefs fight. Uh, who are your four winners? Four winners: Chiefs, uh, Giants, um, Cowboys. And uh, Bills. Top 10. Uh, this is someone projecting the top 10 highest grossing movies in 2023. <laughs> 10, Transformers, Rise of the Beast. 9, Indiana Won't Jones see. and the Dial of Destiny. Won't see. 8, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Won't Quantum see Mania. for sure. Me neither. 7, Fast X. Don't know Six, what that is. Won't Fast, see. Fast and Furious 10, I think. Won't Six, see. The Little Mermaid. Nope, won't uh, see. Five, The Marvels. Won't see. Four, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Won't Three, see. Three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Might see. The Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Won't and see. And the Super Mario movie. I will not see won't any see. of those movies. I won't even. Mission Impossible's Mission cool. I won't even really think about seeing any of those movies. Mission Impossible's very don't, cool. I don't know anything about Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise just does crazy stuff. And well, it's I awesome. do know Best Bets <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> All right. Well, man, it's, it's 11.55. Maybe I let you ramble too long. Maybe I told you about movies too much. It's one of the two. Uh, but we need these best bets just about as quick as we can get. I'll take uh, Nashville Predators money line wearing the reverse retro mustard yellows for the last time this year. Can't lose. Can't. Where where are you right now? I'm looking up the NBA slate. I'm looking up the NBA slate. What's your turn? It's my turn. 
That's how it typically works. What'd you say, Sam? I said uh, Preds money line. Ah, okay. Um, mine tonight is uh, 10 o'clock late game. 76ers, Blazers. You know, surprisingly, just two thirty-three and a half on on that over under line. So you know what what we do? We we go with the points. Last night worked out by like a point. Did it? Yeah, barely. I like. I wish we had these tracked because I've, I've only missed two in twenty twenty-three. I've bet both of them. Yeah, you need to start getting with it every day. Um, maybe or maybe you just need to stop betting them because they're that's the reason I'm losing. I think like I've legitimately never won one of your overs. I've been on and a you hot streak only though. Win. I've been on a hot streak yeah, this year. Yeah, that's the that's the funny part. Um, man, not a ton I like tonight. To be honest, there really isn't. Maybe the best bet is just being a responsible better. When you don't see anything you like. <laughs> Not betting at take all. The, take the Bruins money line against the Rangers. Nah, I'm kidding. Give me uh, give me Queens College minus one against North Florida. God. Obviously. They've been playing some good ball. <laughs> I, I was messing with you. We're never not betting. It's Queens College all day, all night. Uh, for Sam Beard, for Andy Brock, hey, y'all have a beautiful day. We'll see you back. Oh, actually, Andy won't. But me and Sam, we'll be back with you same time, same place tomorrow. John Reed, Talk Sports, up next. Love.